What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Ortley, with you here today on Tuesday, March 29th. And man, um, coming off of that road trip for the Warriors, who are hurting badly here, having gone now 1-5 on the road, 1-6 in, in their last seven games. Last we talked, Warriors were coming off of a huge upset win over Miami. Um, since then, they've now lost the last three games. So we're going to be digging into all of that, going through some of the issues on this past road trip for the Warriors, continuing to look at the standings, as well as the remaining games in the regular season as this team gears up for the playoffs. But before we get into all of that, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Follow now. So, like we were saying, Warriors have been struggling greatly. Um, going back to the games after the huge upset win in Miami where the Warriors rested most of their starters other than Kevon Looney. Um, March 25th, at Atlanta, this was a 110-121 loss. March 27th at Washington, this is a 115-123 loss. And then followed by last night, March 28th, a 95-123 loss in Memphis. So, just a little check-in on the Warriors record right now. Warriors currently sitting at 48-28. and 28. They are 29 and 9 at home, and they are 19 and 19 on the road. One win and six losses in their last seven games. We just hit on that. In their last 15 games, which basically is the month of March, the Warriors are 5 and 10, and they are 22nd in the NBA for that stretch of 15 games. 19th in defensive rating, 18th in offensive rating, 21st in points per game at 110, 27th and free throw attempts per game, 20.3, 8th in three-point makes, 13.5, but 17th in three-point percentage, 35.6. Um, like we just said, Warriors are still third in the West. They are one and a half games over Dallas, two and a half games over Utah with a matchup at home on April 2nd, which is just coming up here this weekend, and then three games ahead of the Denver Nuggets. So, um, a lot going on here, a lot to unpack. That loss in Memphis last night was just absolutely brutal. Um, after a relatively poor start for both teams that held both teams basically under 20 points for most of the first quarter, uh, the Grizzlies really got going in the second and just ran away with the game uh, basically in the second quarter. Warriors really had no shot resting most of their guys. We did get Andre Iguodala back in action, so that's something notable I want to call out. Um, Iguodala had not played since February, 
um, dealing with various ailments with his aging body. We all know Iguodala is really just this veteran guy who we're saving for the playoffs. So this was kind of to be expected that he'd be missing a lot of games throughout the season. Great to see him back. Um, In the game of Memphis, he was a plus two in the 15 minutes of play. He hit a three, uh, split a pair at the line. Um, Looked good. You know, it was good to see him back in action. He hit his first three, uh, which was the first shot he took. Always fun when Andre Iguodala plays in Memphis. The whole drama with with Iguodala and the Memphis Grizzlies. Going back to the... Warriors trading Iguodala to Memphis, Iguodala refusing to play, um, still getting paid, talking shade to Memphis, uh, up-and-coming players who are now like John Morant, um, getting into it, or defending Stephen Curry, who came to Andre Iguodala's defense. Um, So, you know, he always gets booed. That is Andre Iguodala when he plays in Memphis. He says he finds it funny, gives him motivation. Obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies always up to play the Golden State Warriors. This has become an interesting rivalry between these two franchises, really going back to the play-in game of last season where Memphis beat the Warriors um, in that play-in situation. And so, you know, man... Like I said, this game in Memphis was really over in the second quarter. The Warriors did try and make a push. At one point, I think they were down 30. They cut it to 18 in the third. Looked like they might have had some steam to try and make some kind of run or at least kind of feel better about the game than how it was going, but just not enough attention to detail. Memphis really got whatever they wanted. Nobody could get the ball into the basket for the Warriors. Memphis was missing Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant. Um, But Memphis is an incredibly deep team. They've actually played better without Morant than with him. It's really been next man up. I think a lot of that could be attributed to Tyus Jones, who's their backup point guard, who always fills in very admirably and seamlessly when Morant sits. Meanwhile, for the Warriors, no Steph Curry, no Draymond Green, no Klay Thompson, no Otto Porter Jr., a lot of pieces missing. The Warriors did not look good. I did have a shred of hope that we were going to see some kind of Miami repeat performance where, you know, Warriors just come in as perennial underdogs and just the the Warrior youngins just really outplay Memphis. And, you know, through the first 10 minutes, it didn't look good, but the score was, was low and, and pretty even both ways. Dylan Brooks got into early foul trouble in the in the first quarter. Memphis used an early challenge to wave off a, a potential second foul on on Dylan Brooks, but then a minute later he'd just com- com- commit another foul and end up in foul trouble anyways. That ended up not being an issue. So, yeah, what does this mean? Well, honestly, it doesn't mean that much, right? There's a lot of pieces missing. Guys aren't playing well. And we're really seeing the struggles of this dual track or parallel track agenda for the Warriors, which has been win now with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Iguodala, these core pieces, but then also continue to develop and give minutes to Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, uh, James Wiseman, who is you know missing another season now due to injury uh 
I think it, it was kind of a, the basically right after the last podcast came out, we did get confirmation from the Warriors that James Wiseman is going to miss the remainder of the season due to the setback experienced during his ramp up. So obviously that's a big blow. Another last season for James Wiseman. Um, and, you know, real quick, just a tangent on the whole Wiseman experiment and should the Warriors have traded him and hindsight 2020 now that he's basically not basically now that he never actually will have played a game for the Warriors this season. Um, and Bob Myers did come out on 95.7 The Game talking about this a little bit in that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. If you had known that Wiseman wasn't going to play a game for the Warriors in the 21-22 season, that might have changed the narrative or changed the um, direction of what the front office did in terms of assembling this roster. But at the same time, you know, when you look at guys that, that people have really been interested in, I'd say like Warriors Twitter, um, like a Miles Turner, for example. Well, you know, Miles Turner's also been ruled out for the season. So if you go back to the trade deadline when Miles Turner was injured, and I even said this myself, why trade for Miles Turner? He's hurt. We don't know if he's going to come back. Well, he didn't come back. So that trade, even though Turner was on the table to be traded, it doesn't look like that would have done anything for the Warriors because he would not have played this season. And so... You know, I think other other bigs have been tossed around, like Jakob Pertl and, and and maybe Christian Wood or some of these other kind of not not rookies, not um veterans, kinda in that in between state, kind of semi established, looking to make that next step towards really heading into their prime and being, you know, a force, a dominant force in the paint. I don't know if those guys were even on the table or in the discussion for being traded. So we talk about, oh, Warriors should have gone out and got Jakob Pertl. Great. Maybe San Antonio wasn't going to deal him for a price that was well beyond what was worth asking for, you know, Wiseman plus a future pick plus two or three vets. And, you know, you give up all of that depth and and Warriors being limited in the cap space situation that they have and Lakeup showing that he's been reluctant to to really dig deeper into the tax, even though the Warriors are already one of the most expensive, not the uh, most expensive team in the league this year. So, you know, Warriors had their hands tied. They bet on Wiseman, they bet on Draymond, they bet on Looney, and, you know, only one of those three really panned out, and that's Kevon Looney. And yet, here we are, sitting at a 48-28 and 28 record, um despite having a brutal losing record in March, having only won half as many games as they've lost, um, five wins and 10 losses in the month of March, and yet you're sitting in third in the West. And you've got just a handful of games here left on the schedule. Um, We've got six games left in the season. Worst case scenario, Warriors lose all six of those games, And in that situation, you know, let's say again, worst case scenario, Minnesota, who the Warriors are currently five games ahead of, win out. Warriors drop to seven. They're in the play-in game. So be it. You know, I think this team is, does have a real shot at a deep postseason run. 
And I think you just need to take a step back and kind of separate recent Warriors play versus the play on the season versus what's been going on most recently. And also keep in mind that all this is without Steph Curry. And so, yeah, Warriors right now, the game does not look good. The product that they're putting on the floor night in, night out, at least in the month of March, has been pretty lackluster. Um, And I would say the biggest issue, and I know a lot of people are going to point to the offense and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins and, you know, on offense, the only thing that's really working is Jordan Poole. 14 games straight scoring over 20 points per game. Jordan Poole has been filling in admirably for Stephen Curry, um, doing his best to get others involved, finding ways to, to score, even when defenses lock into him. He's got Dylan Brooks on him. He's got Patrick Beverly on him. The, you know, the defensive stoppage that stoppers that were all focused on Curry has uh, really now shifted to Jordan Poole. Um, because he has the ball in his hands a lot more. And he's been responding well. Uh, Poole has faced all types of different coverage. He's gone quarters or halves where he's really struggled and, and only scored two points or hasn't really got, been able to get anything going. He's made adjustments after halftime and then really unlocked the game for himself. You know, the game within the game, like like they like to say. Um, and found ways to get buckets, whether it's from three, getting to the foul line, attacking the rim. Um, Just been a very, very proficient scorer. Uh, Should be in the conversation for sixth man of the year. And so Jordan Poole I've been really impressed with. But outside of the play of Jordan Poole in the month of March, you cannot really look at any other warrior and their offensive contributions and feel satisfied. But what does this team hang its hat on? And that is defense. The defense has dropped off substantially. This team was a juggernaut because they had the number one, the top-rated defense in the league, defensive rating. And that has really dissipated. Um, Part of that is due to other teams playing better. Part of that has been due to injuries. Part of that has been due to reincorporating Klay Thompson and Klay Thompson wanting to be the go-to defensive stopper. Um, part of that is just wear and tear of the season. You've got Kavon Looney, who's played in every game this season, but really banged up and, and kind of looking not quite like himself compared to the Kavon Looney we saw at the beginning of the season. You've got Otto Porter, who's been in, out, in and out of the lineup as he's been dealing with his own injuries, trying to be healthy for the for the playoffs. Andre Ubedala, who we mentioned earlier, finally just returned since playing in a game in early February, not quite being himself. Um and uh, Gary Payton missed a stretch of games in March as well, dealing with, with injuries of his own. Draymond Green been in and out of the lineup. Gr- Green recently come back, and, and he also hasn't quite looked like himself. He even said after this game, um, after the last game he played in against the Washington Wizards, that he's his body feels good, but he's been playing like crap, and the Warriors have been playing poorly when he's been on the floor, which he's been really frustrated with. And so... We're seeing shades of the Draymond Green that was really frustrated uh, two seasons ago when when Steph Curry missed most of the season, where Green's um, inability to really get other guys going offensively and and really find his mojo has then taken away his intensity on defense or or at least his 
ability to make that impact that we all know he has the ability to do. So you can't really point to any one person, any one player. It's not Steve Kerr's fault. It's not Clay Thompson's fault. It's it's a combination of things. And so, you know, I'm not here to say this person's right, this person's wrong. I'm not here to say we need a new coach. I think that all of that is an over oversimplification of things. The NBA season is a gauntlet. You go through ups and downs. Um, that's just part of how it goes. The Warriors find themselves in a pretty good position, quite honestly, sitting in third in the West, whereas last season they were sitting at 7-8 seed. Um, and you haven't even been healthy. You haven't even had the trio of Steph, Clay, and Draymond actually finish a game together. They played 11 minutes together thus far this season. And so, again, I... It's hard for me to really want to invest a lot of time and energy and effort breaking down all of the struggles with the group that's on the floor for the Warriors now because at the end of the day, you know that that's not going to be the group who are going to take this Warriors team to a finals run. Um, without a healthy Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, the Warriors, you know, their championship aspirations are obviously much different. Um, their odds change drastically with the health and availability of those guys um, or not. And so, yeah, you take out Steph Curry from the puzzle and everything changes. And then um, that is worsened by the fact that Clay Thompson isn't quite himself yet. I don't know if people expected him to be further along than he is. I think that for what's reasonable to expect, Clay Thompson's been doing um, a pretty good job as far as ramping up. Um, he's been playing minutes in the high 30s now for a few games in a row. I think he even hit 40 minutes in that game against Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, and 37 against Washington. So his body is responding well to the treatment, to the minutes played, to the, the wears and tears of the NBA as he's gearing up for the postseason. Um, his play on the floor is another story. He's been hunting shots again. He hasn't been quite as patient, um, been taking a lot of contested twos that the other team just runs down our uh, runs down our face and gets easy looks, easy layups. So that has been an issue again as we watch the team kind of struggle. Andrew Wiggins uh, continues to be kind of up and down here, really feeling the impacts of Clay, of the Clay Thompson effect, I think, more than anyone else. Andrew Wiggins in the last three games is 6 of 28 from three. So really struggling Wiggins is from the three-point line, which is something that he um, had really taken big steps forward in the last two years, shooting very well from three, career best this year from three on the season, but again, slumping as of late. And what we're seeing from the Warriors is that if they're unable to hit the open three-pointer, the offense flounders because all of a sudden now the defense sags off. The Warriors do have guys who can attack the hoop in attack mode, but if you don't have space around the floor, those drives become more contested. Um, the lane becomes more congested and the looks aren't there. The easy layups aren't there. The open Gary Payton dunks aren't there. Um, and instead, what the defense is doing is they're forcing Jonathan Kaminga to take threes, Andrew Wiggins to take threes, Gary Payton to take threes, um, Draymond Green to take threes. Basically, anybody not named Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole, the, war the other team is daring them to shoot from three. They're we're not shooting well. 
uh, again, 17th in the league at 35.5% in these last 15 games, even though our 13.5 three-point makes per game are eighth in the league, we're shooting a lot of threes per game, almost 40. And so, yeah, I think that those are a lot of the struggles being faced on offense, which all has to do with Stephen Curry. And we all know this, that Stephen Curry has been the heart of this offense. Steve Kerr has really geared this whole team around him. You take that out from, you take that out from the puzzle. And it's more than just like for Memphis taking out John Morant, because uh, Memphis has a little bit more of a well-oiled machine with interchangeable parts. If you're just comparing, you know, those two players, whereas Steve Kerr's offense and the Warriors offense is really predicated on the attention that Steph Curry draws, the gravity that he has and how, that is then able to play into getting everyone else open looks, high percentage shots, and then it's pick your poison. And so while Jordan Poole, again, has been playing out of his mind, you know, six, six man of the year or most improved, you know, player of the year, whatever accolades you want to throw at him, he's not quite Steph Curry yet. And so he doesn't quite have the same gravity yet. And the Warriors haven't been able to take advantage um, and the Warriors have really struggled and that really shows. But I think where the issues become alarming is the decline on the defensive end, because even though you're missing Steph Curry, you still have a lot of good defenders on this team and the defense is really, really dropped off. It's really dropped off a cliff, um, giving teams like Orlando and Washington like these career nights where it looks like they have one of the better offenses in the league. The Warriors defense has really struggled on the road. Uh, you had Corey Kispert going off for a career high in the game at Washington with six, six of nine from three. Uh, and Andre Iguodala actually had some comments about this after the game in Memphis. Again, this was Iggy's return since playing in February. Um, Iguodala more or less was saying that you know, the league as a whole has really shifted into more of a pickup game. You know, guys are like, you score, I score, you score, I score. And it's really more about who's scoring on offense than who's stopping who on defense. And you used to really have that challenge. You'd really get up for that matchup and really take it personally, that competitive spirit of, I'm not going to let this guy score on me. And a lot of that has been lost in this newer generation of basketball players, um, and you can kind of see some of that playing out for the Warriors, that the attention to detail is missing. Um, I think, you know, Warriors have been doing a good job on the glass. I'll say that they're not. It's not like we're getting out rebounded every night for everyone who's talking about how we're missing so much size. Um, the Warriors have been doing an ab admirable job defensively on the boards on the year, but it's been timely executed well executed defensive sets that have been lacking the play 22 seconds of defense and then commit a silly foul or um leaving guys wide open for threes or miscommunication and easy looks at the rim um and that's where the warriors have been really struggling and that's the piece that's going to be really challenging going into the playoffs is what version of the def of the warriors defense is going to show up are you buying into that um stretch at the beginning of the season where the Warriors were you know first in defensive rating or are you buying into the the month of March Warriors defense which is 19th you know obviously a significant drop off from first to 19th 
uh, the 19th best defense in the league is not going to cut it if you want to make it to the finals. That's for sure. And you look at the other teams that they're likely going to be playing against. Uh, Dallas, Phoenix, Memphis, um, even, you know, even Denver. Like, these are teams that are playing very well on defense. These guys are surging at the right time. These teams are, you know, trending in a positive direction. The Warriors are going to have their work cut out for them if they think that they're going to just be able to cakewalk into the finals. And I'm not saying that they think it's going to be easy, but what I am saying is that when you're watching these games, you're you're looking back on this stretch of, you know, one, one out of six in the last seven games and feeling like, oh, well, I told you so, we needed more big man depth or we needed uh, you know, better backup point guard or, or Damian Lee can't hit a shot off the bench and that's why we're losing. I don't think any of that really matters because offensively, this team has always been on the back of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. Um, and really what what always drives this team forward and what has always been the barometer for how successful they can be is how locked in their defense is. And so this is going to be the, the test for this team in the last six games. Um, so far it's looked pretty bad when you have Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, who on paper should be more than capable of beating a team like the Orlando Magic or the Washington Wizards or even the Atlanta Hawks. But, you know, all of these teams that we're playing against, especially at the final stretch of the season, nobody wants to lose, whether they're vying for a playoff position or just trying to feel good about themselves going into the offseason. Everyone's going to play hard. The intensity needs to be there. And I think that, you know, the Warriors' intensity and energy hasn't necessarily been waning, but you come out and see the group without most of the starters and the vets win in Miami against a healthy Miami squad, but then drop games healthy against Washington, Atlanta. Um, it's just, it just doesn't look good, right? It's hard to explain it, but you're just, it doesn't really make sense. And so, you know, guys are still ramping up. They're trying to get their legs under them, especially Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. So the blame's not specifically on them, but Steve Kerr's got to figure this out. The team has to figure this out. Um, you know, like I kind of mentioned earlier, again, it's six games left in the season. Worst case scenario, Warriors lose the next six games and, <laughs> you know, and basically go into the playoffs going one win and 12 losses and and find themselves in a play-in game. And then they're basically in the same position as last season, which is um, playing a little bit over their head, being a fringe playoff team with, with the potential to be a finals contender. You're back in the play-in game, playing against the likes of the Lakers or the Pelicans or the Timberwolves. Um, and if you can beat those teams and, and uh, limp your way into a seventh or eighth seed and, and then face the phoenix suns or memphis grizzlies right off the bat obviously that would not be the most ideal track to the postseason but you want to put yourselves to the test well take out the best teams from the start um and i still think that even if the warriors are playing so poorly 
that they lose out and end up in the playing game and win the playing games and end up playing Phoenix or or Memphis in the first round and you've got a healthy Steph Curry, you've got Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Otto Porter, Iguodala, and Jordan Poole, Kaminga, um, and a shortened playoff rotation, Gary Payton in there too. Um, you can win those series. I mean, this is a very proven core team for the Golden State Warriors. You know, I think even Vegas would have relatively good odds on the Warriors in those series as well, even being the the eighth seed or seventh seed. So, yeah, I think it's hard to watch these games for sure as a fan, uh, especially when they're down by 30-plus points against Memphis. Um, It's hard to read all of the dialogue on Twitter, and everyone has an opinion, and everyone wants to point fingers at at Draymond Green or Steve Kerr or um, Bielitsa or try and say that this is why I said all season we needed a big or whatever. At the end of the day, this is the roster. This is who they have to work with. Um, You know, you've got people employed whose job is to make these decisions. They're doing the best with the information that they have. Um, And like I said, even if the Warriors find themselves in the play in the in a play-in situation, they are still more than proven to be able to come out of this to take down Phoenix or Memphis. And at that point, you're basically like the rest is easy. If you can come in and beat Phoenix and then just skate through the West, um, and then face whoever you're gonna face in the East, I mean It's not the way that you'd want to draw it up, but it's definitely doable. So I think that there's some serious holes that the Warriors need to address. Like we said, the defense, the defense has really fallen off, but it's not like the Warriors aren't going to at least make the play in tournament at this rate. Now, if they do make the play in and their defense is still 19th in the league or they're playing at that caliber of defense, then it's going to kind of take miracles to win because you're going to need... Um, a ton of offensive firepower on a nightly basis to offset how many points you're giving up on the other side. Um, and you're going to have a lot of pieces who haven't really been tested in, in playoff basketball for the Warriors. You're Gary Payton, you're Andrew Wiggins, you're Jonathan Kaminga, you're Jordan Poole. So how will those guys kind of adjust or take their game to the next level in that test? Um And then as the Warriors front office and franchise, you take a long look at yourselves in the offseason, depending on how this team shaped up and how this team finished. And you've got some decisions to make about your approach into the next season, where you you want this team to go, the pieces that you're willing to commit to moving forward, the pieces that you can bring in to um, help fill in the gaps. And, you know, hindsight's always 20-20. But again, at the end of the day, this team will have a shot in the playoffs via play-in tournament, or if they can win a few games, maintain their third seed standings, right? It's a little bit crazy to say we've got six games left in the season and the Warriors could either finish anywhere from third or seventh in the league, um, just in the, the span of these next six games. So, I know that was a lot. There's a lot to unpack, a little bit of a rant here. Um, Not a whole lot that I really wanted to dig into in those individual losses. Again, um, Atlanta, Washington, and Memphis. 
Not a lot that I want to dig into into the offensive numbers, but more just a holistic approach to let's take a step back, understand what this team is made of, the foundation that they've established, the culture that they have, the Steve Kerr system that's been built around Steph Curry really since he came into it, um, and understand that, you know, without Curry, this team really isn't much, and that's been a proven fact. And so shifting expectations a little bit here in this next stretch of games, and what I would like to see the Warriors do is get back on track defensively, and I would like to Steve Kerr, see Steve Kerr try and finesse the lineups a little bit, find out those winning combinations of playing the veterans with the young guys, because you've got Moody's deserving of minutes, Kaminga's deserving of minutes, and then you've got Otto Porter, who's always been playing really well, Iguodala's trying to ramp up, Gary Payton's playing well, you're trying to work in Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, who are both coming back from their own respective injuries with their with their own timelines, who have their own expectations. Um, and then Jordan Poole, the, this flourishing star who continues to be the engine that pushes us forward without Steph Curry. And so there is a lot to look forward to in this stretch of games. There's a lot that the team needs to work on. It's going to be trial by error. This isn't how you'd like to be going into the postseason for sure, but this is the hand that they've been dealt. Is it playable? Yes. Um, Could you lose it all? Yes. Could you win it all? Yes. You know, it still remains to be seen because we know what this team can do when everything clicks. And right now it's not clicking, but that doesn't mean that in, you know, in these next six games, something doesn't change. Or when we get to the postseason, something doesn't change. And that could be as simple as getting Steph Curry back into the rotation. Um, It could be as simple as guys taking a step back from all of this. Um, We'll see. So, With that in mind, a look ahead at the upcoming schedule. We've got the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday, the Utah Jazz on Saturday, and the Sacramento Kings on Thursday, followed by the Lakers next week, um, San Antonio Spurs, and then finally the New Orleans Pelicans Pelicans on April 10th. Hey guys, quickly before we sign off, we also want to remind you all to use coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping, and also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So, that's all I got for you guys today. We'll check in again after the... Wednesday game against the Phoenix Suns. I'm hoping for a bounce back performance, regardless of the win loss result. I want to see the Warriors come out strong and really bring defensive intensity. Even without Steph Curry, this team has the potential to have success on any given night. You've got plenty of talent on this roster. Steve Kerr has plenty of pieces at his disposal, and it's going to continue to be a puzzle piece and see how this all comes together game after game. We've already seen them um, defy the odds already several times this season. Uh, One thing that's important to note, Saturday, Sunday is a back-to-back this week and next week. So with those two back-to-back sets, we already know that um, one of, if not both, of Otto Porter Jr. and Klay Thompson will sit one of those games. We'll see if Draymond sits one of those games as well. I think it kind of depends how they're playing, quite honestly. If that's... um, the Warriors all of a sudden start winning games. Maybe you keep them 
um, you you let Draymond play or you let Clay Thompson play. But if we continue to just be dropping in the standings, you need everyone healthy for the playoff run, and you got to sit those guys. So that's all we got for today. Once again, thank you for tuning in. This has been an episode of the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, the Sports Ethos Presentation. Please give me a follow on Twitter if you haven't already at SD Orlick and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.